I know you like I know the back of my hand. Oh, okay. Well, that's way different. When the fuck did I cut my hand? This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories. Histories. And details. You never knew. Wanted to know. Or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. Today we are talking about... This might ruin something about your facts, man. Okay. No shit. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just noticed it's called the Viper Probe. No, droid. no, that's exact. That I'm glad you. That's the one you picked because I typed in Probe Droid to start with, not realizing that was like a more general classification. I did want to do the Viper Probe Droid. That is the one I did. So yes, that's that's accurate. Okay. Because I just always called it a pro. I think we all called it. The, the probe droid. Right. I never saw the word Viper ever. Right, you know? no. <laughs> um, Tim, cool, though. I, Viper sounds cool. It does sound cool. Tim cannot join us tonight because he's doing something. He's busy. He is at life. He doesn't like us anymore. He's, he's working. Well, he'd say anymore like he'd like this to begin with. This is true. <laughs> and I'm putting this out there. This, and you can agree, because I know you guys are going to agree. These are the most laziest names. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. Kind of can't wait All to right. hear this now. Dave, are you are you ready for this, Dave? I'm bracing myself. Yes. Now my 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 butt cheeks are puckered. I can see that from here. But <laughs> I'm saying the names, but don't after I say you guys na- or our names, don't say it. Just let it play out. Okay. okay? As I'm giving you instructions now how to handle my fucking name, okay? Wait, don't fuck it up, Chris. <laughs> Here Is we that go. the name? No. no. <laughs> Hi, um, don't fuck it up, Chris. Chris. Matt. Dave. That's good. And Tim, who's not and here. that was me doing it the whole time. You guys were wondering. <laughs> was you doing it? Yeah. Wow. Was, nice job. That was good. That was that was a, that was a, a bit. That took some. Thinking. It was a, it was a bit. It was a bit. And I actually tried to like do it my, like myself. I'm like, no, you, you don't sound like that. So I just you know <laughs> doing the names there. Dave, those are the best names ever, right? They were fantastic. Yeah, because that was really short. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I, I waited for this too. Matt, probe me. Okay. <laughs> See, that was good. So, yes, we are talking about the Viper probe droid. This is, uh, again, uh, one of several different types of probe droids, which I did not know, but this is the one I wanted to talk about. This is one from Empire Strikes Back. This is, I think, one of the cooler things from Empire Strikes Back, of, of a lot of cool things, of one of the arguably the best movie in the series. I've always liked the design of this and like Chris, well, I don't know if we had, I don't think we opened the show. I think it was a pre-recording. Like Chris had mentioned several times tonight before we recorded. I can't believe we haven't done this yet. Yeah. yeah. You say we didn't do it. I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. We must've done this one. <laughs> no, it's just based on the look. I thought that would have been, been something we did in our first year two at best, but we have never done this. 
10 years we haven't so, done it. Mm. Yeah. So, Sla- slackers. <laughs> it is the Viper probe droid or the Imperial probe droid or the Probot or Randy. I don't know. It's got a lot of names. And <laughs> it is a deep space exploration and reconnaissance droid produced by the Arachide Industries. It's spelled, this is, I, 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 this stands out to me like a sore thumb. Who is friends with Dan Aykroyd? Is it Spielberg or Lucas? It's Spielberg, isn't it? Probably because I think so. Yeah. He's in Temple, uh, Doom. Temple of Doom. Yeah. Uh, and they yeah. did uh, 1941. It was uh, Aykroyd and Belushi. Because the, the, this, this Arcade Industries is A R A K Y D. It's almost like every other letter of Aykroyd is, is, not there. It just looks like a tri- almost a tuckerization towards him. But I, there's nothing about that company that like is a tongue-in-cheek thing pointing back to Dan Aykroyd. It just really looks like the name Aykroyd when I look at it. I thought maybe right. be- between that relationship from from or even his appearance in Temple of Doom, it made it somewhere into something like a comic or a or a book or something. I don't know. Um, just looks like it to me. Well, you're probably right. I mean, whether or not they named it that, somebody, you know, took right. that liberty. Exactly, yeah. Yep. So, this is a an, another term I did not know for droids. This is classified as a light-armored class droid. Something I didn't know was a thing, but I guess that makes sense. You got protocol droids, you got uh, R2 unit, astromech droids. This is a new thing. This is a light-armored droid. Its height is 1.6 meters, which I should have looked up in the feet, and I didn't. So let me do that real quick, because I was kind of curious how tall these were. That's why I wrote that part down. So meters to feet, five and a quarter feet tall. I thought it was actually bigger than that. I thought it was like kind of bigger than Chewbacca and Han Solo from what we saw in Empire. Taller, I should say. But maybe that's because it was floating. I, yeah, I guess because the legs or arms or whatever weren't all the way out or down, I guess, to make right. it look that tall. Yeah. Well, it's it has five different manipulator arms. It has a central pod equipped with a bunch of sensors, which we're going to talk about here. The arms themselves they were used for gathering samples when it was in its exploration program, when it's when it was out looking for things, looking for whatnot, even just kind of figuring out what terrain it was on. It would pick things up, analyze them, and do whatever they would need to do with them. They gathered samples. They took a large collection of high resolution uh, imagery and scans with all the sensors that that basically that dome on top of it is every bit of antenna circle lens or whatnot is some kind of sensor of some sort this thing does a lot of things as it's traveling its sensors are pretty much always checking for motion for acoustics, for sonics, for seismic vibrations, for different types of radiation, for different magnetics. And on top of that, it's constantly recording with a hollow camera, which is probably like the biggest eye lens looking thing on that, I would imagine. With all you thought it was just all cameras. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's it, it's all it, it kind of is. Camera. It's like it's kind of like every um screen uh or eyepiece in a predator helmet, but all running at once. They don't have to keep changing it. <laughs> I like that comparison. <laughs> so, but it's like a it's like a motion sensor, like in a room where the lights would come on, or you know, whatever these people that have those. What are those doorbell things called? Rings. Like, called I have like one. Rings. Yeah. Or, yep. Yeah. So it's like that. Like it detects motion and it records it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just constantly it's that's exactly what this is made to do. It's it's not a it's not a passive um device. It is the second it is launched from its pod, which I'll talk about how it how it gets to place to place. It it is constantly working. It's it's always on. It's the battery life on this is shit apparently because it never stops working. I don't know. I didn't have that <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. Um but one funny thing I found. I just listed all of that the stuff that it does constantly from the second it's turned on with all that technology running. The one thing it's not able to do right away is determine the atmosphere. It takes a half hour to process it, which is bizarre. You can get anything that's moving, making a sound, making a motion, radiating or has a magnetic field instantly. But is there air? Whoa, you got to wait on that answer, buddy. I need a half hour to figure (laughs) out there's fucking air here. (laughs) That was, that was a little strange, but it was worth, putting in the entry so i put it in my report it was as, as we, <laughs> i like that your report yeah, I, like I don't know that. i didn't know what else to put <laughs> i didn't want to use the word uh notes twice so i used two different completely different words there <laughs> matt um, please report yeah. matt hunsworth star wars and character reporter <laughs> so <laughs> The scene, Hoth. <laughs> the situation, nothingness. This is Matt Hunsworth reporting. <laughs> I I opened the window and I witnessed the news. Okay, that's a real deep cut. Anyone know that? <laughs> no. no. That's What's w- that WKRP in Cincinnati. Les Nesman's <laughs> like, he's like, I do Les- eyewitness news. What's that? I open a window and I witness the news. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's you. Yep. So we saw this. This is not a big surprise. There was specifically designed move on repulsor list. That way it could go over any terrain, like rocks, snow, ice. We've seen that. Desert. Uh, presumably water. If there's enough surface tension on the water for it to repulse against, it could go on that too. It was made not to actually touch the, the ground, which is makes perfect sense in my mind because... It takes, I, I immediately thought of the Mars rovers that take like five days to move six feet because they have to, I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's actually pretty amazing. They'll take, they have another rover in, I think, oh, I think it's in Houston. It might be in California. It might actually be in California. They have a mock-up of the same rover that's on Mars right now, and it'll scan to see where it needs to go, and it'll lay out the same exact rocks and size and terrain to see what the best path is to cause the least amount of damage to the rover. And so the repulsor thing takes away that problem right away. We can't do that because, you know, we don't have that technology yet, but that is certainly a design choice that makes perfect sense in my mind. I should have (laughs) saved that for my space podcast that I may bring back one day. Yeah, what was the <laughs> the Neo's as motto? Hey, <laughs> what was it? Yeah, keep, wishing keep, like wishing. keep wishing. Keep wishing. Keep wishing. Keep your fingers crossed. That's right. Neosas.com. <laughs> it said it had a top speed of 40 kilometers per hour, which at a glance sounds fast to me until I did the conversion, and that's comes out to 25 miles per hour, which now sounds kind of probably right. I don't know that we see it at that top speed. But seeing it move and and what we do see in Empire, I could see it getting to twenty five. So it's not as fast. It ends up not being as fast as I thought. So I thought, I thought that sounded about right from what we know, what little we know. The multiple function arms I kind of talked about a little bit, but the biggest one, I always wondered why there's a kind of one that has like the almost 
like a grappling claw on it. It's like, yeah, but yeah. why is that one there? And it's it's actually a very almost now like duh obvious solution. This that was a high torque arm that's used to move things or open things and and not gently like not not gracefully open a door it's made to rip open a door if they need to get into something and see what's happening i was like oh that makes perfect sense now that i it's been explained to me it does look like, like a hand like fingers it does. You can just yep. do whatever you want. yeah yep um they transmitted their data and we know this too sort of kind of on an encrypted imperial channel and what it would do along with that is also send an accompanying high frequency uh hollow uh recording or, or i guess it's a transmission it's not necessarily recording so it would it would send all of that data that i described that's kind of an, an, something you can't see or necessarily uh, visually see but you can interpret along with what it's seeing at the same time this was i always thought and maybe maybe i'm just dumb I had always thought they were launched as is. I thought what we saw shooting out of the the Star Destroyer were, was them, but like all their arms folded up into like almost like a oh, like a okay. bullet. That's what I thought that, that it was. Turns out they're actually launched in single-use hyperspace pods. They're called Predator 1s, which is kind of a cool name. Yeah, going back to Predator. I didn't even realize yeah. that. <laughs> and these pods just have... Like they're pretty simple. They they basically wrap around that and wrap around the the probe droid, and they have a hyperspace and a sublight engine to get them where they need. And that's all it needs. It doesn't need an atmosphere. Obviously, it doesn't need any kind of life support. Doesn't need much fuel because it, I would imagine hyperspace probably gets it ninety nine percent of the way, and then the sublight engines throw it to wherever it, what planet it needs to land on. And it doesn't have any kind of um, breaking thruster. What's the word I'm looking for? There's a, a freaking name on it. Yeah. I just call it breaking thruster. It just hits because these droids are built to take that impact. So it just it hits and lands. So these are very simple pods with two. Uh, I say simple engines. They go through Piper space. So as simple as they can be. And then once they land and break open, that's when we see what we saw. I, that's the first appearance of the probe droid in Empire Strikes Back. Was it coming out of its casing out of its pod i kind of so wish there's a little seen casing the there in that scene i guess like deep in the snow i'm not on, yeah i guess so I, yeah that's what, oh yes yeah, so i'm saying it probably we probably didn't see it but that's it was cool. there that was i mean that that made sense to me too i just uh my imagination yeah. thought one thing but this explanation fits it doesn't ruin anything for me I'm like oh yeah okay I, i'll take that 40 years later so, i'll take that <laughs> You see it because you do see it coming out of the Star Destroyer. So when you see like that, I mean, we, you can't make it any detail. Right. But there's something coming out of the Star Destroyer. So at that point, it's inside the thing. You would assume when it hits the ground, it's hitting it with a lot of force. So if it was just the droid, it would probably damage the droid. So that's why it has the casing. Yes. That yeah. makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And then but you, we never see it. No, no. <laughs> and then I guess the, that leads leaves the uh, if you don't have that the whole engine parts on that, it leaves the droid more maneuverable and whatnot once it's launched too, which is something I didn't think of. So that way, it only has the things it needs. This astounded me, considering everything that this does is that each one cost fourteen thousand five hundred credits. That seems incredibly cheap for what this thing does. It does. Yes. That's less than a. If this were dollars in the U.S., that's less than a new car and, a, and like a, a average car too, 
I'm not talking a Mercedes. I'm talking a, a Civic. Well, there's so you would assume they're sending them out all over the place. So they probably have somebody that manufactures them for cheap for them. Yes. Yes. That's funny. You should say that, Dave. <laughs> because next up in my report, it says these droids were originally designed and produced by Arcade Industries, but they're originally made for survey and exploration. Oh, I guess I didn't get to them, the production yet. We're getting there. Sorry. I, I blew the lead on that. Like many things, once the Galactic, Re- or I should say, one, like many things, when the Galactic Republic turned into the Empire, the focus of what they had access to turned to a more military-type use. And they looked at these survey and exploration droids to see what they could do, and Darth Vader himself worked with Arakid, or Arakid, I keep saying it different each time, on how to militarize these what upgrades can they do to the main feature or to the droids to make them more uh, use of their quest for total galactic domination and the main upgrades that they added right away were a blaster cannon a self-destruct mechanism and its own small but but still uh, effective deflector shields so Once these were militarized, the production ramped up. So this is where I get into the production, particularly at a production facility on a planet called Mechas 3. It's almost everything that that production facility for this Arcade Industries, it's almost the the single sole thing they did. It was capable of doing more, but since they wanted these new upgraded droids for various different reasons, not only to find the rebels as we see them being used they really were pumping out these droids and it probably like you said dave with the mass manufacturing probably they they got a a huge bulk discount they like bought them at the local sam's they they (laughs) bought a case instead of a box (laughs) they bought a a, a castle pack whatever that's called from white castle (laughs) a castle castle crate that's it yeah yeah do we know if they sent out like a, like a million of these things everywhere and just so happened by luck they found um, them on Hoth? That's exactly. Like, was there like another planet they were on? Another planet they were on? I don't, I, I don't know the number, but that's, that is exactly what they did. Um, they sent, uh, maybe I have a, a number here somewhere in my, my notes, but they, that's exactly what they did. It wasn't those three or four we saw launch out of the Star Destroyer. These things were launched. Everywhere, everywhere that they knew there could be a planet that would be able to sustain life that the rebels could be hidden on. They searched with these things. They put out. Okay. I I, I don't know. Again, I don't know about the number, but I'll say thousands were on here. In fact, oh yeah, there it is. Thousands. Thousands was, was the notation. So they sent thousands of these things all over the known galaxy. I'm sure they did some kind of, uh, reconnaissance and some kind of research and saying, okay, we knew the rebels were at Yavin, even at top light speed, they could only get as far as this. And they made a perimeter, but they still sent thousands out to find where they were. But that would have been a stroke of luck. If the three that we saw launch an empire, only one of them was needed. I think that's what I always thought. I think they knew they were on Hoth. Let's find them. Mm. That's what I always, I I think they just, they, they got in whatever they had a report. (laughs) Yeah. From someone out there saying they're on Hall, let's go well, search the area. Those stories would work for me, especially since yeah. we found out what was it? Is it was it uh, I think it was the Ad Ad episode 
or may, I don't know what it was. It was something to do with Hoff. Maybe it was Riken or one of the characters. And Dave did this episode. We found out that the Battle of Hoth we see on Empire was the second Battle of Hoth. Like it happened like a month earlier, but they got snowed in or some shit like that. Yes, it snowed in. So it's like it's almost like so if we're seeing the beginnings of our Battle of Hoth, they they knew that the Empire had feet on the ground at one point and they didn't know what happened to him so that would be a logical place to go look for him so yeah that worked for me as well yeah so all right we're okay so oh oh god okay is dave dave still with us i am with okay here we go this is where shit goes off the rails (laughs) so (laughs) okay so i told you about the production facility on mechas 3 huge production facility it happens to be making probe droids at this point but it can do almost anything this turned out to be a near galactic wide catastrophe because without going into details do you remember the ig88 story particularly the multi ig88s that were bent on galactic domination that whole mess no oh no okay no, I remember. That. I don't want to go back into that because that was one of our longest episodes. <laughs> I'm going to say go listen to the IG, IG88 episode. IG88 wanted to take over the galaxy himself. I'll leave it at that. That's all you really need to know for this part. <laughs> and <laughs> there was so what one of the IG88's plans, and I say that because it was multiple, those, there was four IG88s at one point. Part of their plan was taking over this facility on Mechas 3 and turning it into their own use. There was a couple things they were going to do with this facility. First one, or one thing was they were going to create a set of sentient droid, like super droid army battle things for them. But before they did that, they let the plant, they took over the plant. They (laughs) killed or captured most of the humans. They continued the Viper droid production but they added another little bit of programming in there so that everything, every one of these pro droids that were sent out at this point on, whenever they sent stuff back to the empire, they also sent a copy back directly to this set of IGD eight. So they essentially had a galact, an instant galactic spy network. Once they released this set of produced droids. And if you don't remember how that came out, listen to that episode because Holy shit, that's where it starts getting like Tim's going. This is just uh, whoever wrote this is, an asshole. It's like he gets all mad. <laughs> he gets mad. Yep. Yeah. When Tim gets mad, look out. Yep. <laughs> so they we have the like the military graded upgrade Viper droids. Once that turned to be or proved to be a success, that's the word I'm looking for. The Empire decided they want a less passive droid. The, this this droid always went and and seeked information and reported it back and it really never engaged it had the ability to engage in firefight like we saw with chewbacca and han but it didn't really that's not what it was made to do they decided they wanted something to do that so they ordered a new set of droids based on this design and they came up with with again working with this arcade industries two new more aggressive droids one called the c viper droid and this c stood for combat so that was used for direct combat it was sent right in and it kind of had a interesting advantage being able to 
sense all these things, motion, seismic activity in particular, and radiation. I think I think three all three of those right there would kind of signal a source where a a a static blast is coming from, like a laser cannon and whatnot. So I don't have much more information on that droid, but it sounds like a really good idea. And then one step further, a little more dangerous, the HK, HK Viper droid, which is called the Hunter Killer droid. And this is kind of like a droid assassin, like not even Bounty Hunter, because it had no desire to get any money. It was just programmed with a target and would use all the resources that the probe droid already has and whatever additions they made to it to assassinate whatever target there was. These were cool. I wish there was more about them. It sounds like they were just kind of mentioned as things in stories, which could mean books or comics. Uh, but yeah. the idea was kind of neat. It is that, neat. that is a pretty cool idea. Star Wars seems to always like focus on like there's a we, we've always done this. It's like, oh, that would have been cool. They yeah. always seem to focus on the thing that's not quite as cool. Right. <laughs> Whereas we were like, oh, that would have been cool if they focus on that. But instead they chose to focus on the opposite. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. It's this is an, one of those things I really love about um this is one of those kind of stories I love about doing this show is that it's it really it's screen time is I didn't time it. It's not long, but every good Star Wars fan knows knows it and 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 knows it by a name. Um probe droid probably the most common. The fact that there's I still have like half of my notes to go through is kind of cool and this one isn't so off the rails. This is one of those stories I actually really one of those entries I really like. It's not much of a story to it. It's not a character. But I like that bit about when, when something's cool, looks cool, it's memorable, and people think about it enough to make a story that mostly makes sense. We got a few things that are a little weird here and there, but that's one of the things I've always enjoyed about doing this show. And I was kind of surprised to find out that this had as much information as it did, especially with what I'm going to talk about now. I'm going to throw one thing at you that kind of pisses me off. It's completely unnecessary. We know about the ones in Empire. We've been talking about it since we started recording. That's one we saw. Uh, somewhere along the line, they were added to another story where we didn't see them, but we all know the movie. Somewhere in some interpretation, novelization, renovelization, I don't know what, they've been added to being part of the search for R2-D2 and C-3PO on Tatooine and A New Hope. I found that completely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that didn't need to be in there but that's about all there it's like we don't see it's it's like you know the, the camera pans over to davin felt and if it just went another inch we would have seen a robot going beep, 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 and but the, the, camera, <laughs> the camera didn't go far enough but yeah. that, <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect impression thank you that was, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. that was good but back to the one we saw the the, the, the empire we did see a few leave the star destroy as a story open which is one of the greatest openings to any star wars movie i think and that was and like chris had asked this is that was a small very small handful of thousands that were launched to find the rebels uh it was essentially um i i think i i used the number 2000 and multiplied it by the the number the cost that we do know so it was a multi-million credit operation which 
when you think about it, if you're trying to find the group that will eventually topple your regime, that's not that expensive of a, of a mission. That's probably worth the money. Turns out it doesn't work in the end. Or, or does it? If you count Rise of Skywalker, but we won't talk about that. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I had to get a sigh out of Dave. <laughs> so now the one, the single one we know is the one that did land on Hoth. And the first thing it detected when it emerged from its Predator 1 pod was a faint non-Imperial comm signal. It's it oh, not atmosphere. We didn't know the half hour. We're going to know if we have air or not. We discussed that earlier on in the episode, but first thing, first thing it found was a comm transmission. It recognized it is not Imperial. It knew it was something it needed to track down. So it started to track down the source of the signal. There's just a mention. I wish there was much more of this. There's only a mention of it having blasted a Wampa along the way. No details. Oh, wow. I just would have loved to know what what happened. How did it come across it, and did it kill it? I'm assuming it killed it because it wanted. I, it. I think it probably shot on the other arm. Up yeah, there. right. That would have been great. <laughs> well, I guess that's not a sequence, but that would have been awesome. Oh, One armed wampa, and then, and then he's like the Black Knight in Monty yeah, Python. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it followed the signal. It floated into an area. That the rebels actually called this is just for reference, I suppose, because we never heard it. It's called Zone 12 of Echo Base. And once it got there, it started to pick up a bigger energy signal. So it it turned its attention toward that. And it started taking imagery of a large deflector shield generator. And that's that was what we saw on Darth Vader's ship. They they said it's a it's some kind of um what the hell did the guy say some kind of structure we we do end up seeing that was the shield generation generator and that's what darth vader knew that that's where the rebels were and that's all he needed maybe between a little bit of using the dark side of the force and recognizing it as a um generator of some sort something big enough for a shield to shield a planet or at least a base that's how he determined that that's where they needed to go. And again, all this from the probe drop probot using that set of sensors, following a comm signal that took them to a active zone on Hoff base that showed him the, uh, or led him to the shield generator. I thought that was a really cool and logical sequence story that we don't need to know, but it's fun to read for something you want to know more about in this case, which I did, which is why I picked this. I like that. Yeah. Apparently, I'm the only one. No, no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. That's good. I had to sip. <laughs> so once it determined that... Um, did I say that? Right? Okay. Once it determined that this was something, and it kind of got the acknowledgement back from the Empire, it started to just map out everything it could see. And it would interpret what it thought was defenses, and particularly the trenches. I thought this was really interesting. It recognized the trenches, it recognized the turret guns, and it would start sending all this information back to the Empire. It would just pump everything it could as long as it possibly could. And that information eventually went to General Maximilian Beers, who eventually did use it to calculate his assault point for his ground assault. Again, another detail we don't need to know watching the movie, but learning about it post- knowing what we know about empire was is kind of fun for me in researching this because of stuff we care about it yeah exactly yeah yep so of course during that constant data transmission the rebels 
eventually picked up a signal that wasn't theirs. And and we see that whole scene. They say it's not a not a um uh, or they they pick up a strange signal. Three PO is one who says, "I'm fluent in over blah 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 blah." This is not used by the Rebel Alliance, and they figure it's got to be the Empire. So that's when we see Han and Chewie go out to investigate, and the two do encounter the droid. This is all stuff we've seen from, from the movie, and it doesn't take the droid really long to between Chewbacca's growling being hit by Han's blaster. It knows it's cornered. It's it knows its time is up. So it does indeed activated self-destruct which is something han says i think it must have had a self-destruct this is kind of confirming yeah. that it did have one because they're made to do that because they know yep like well what why would why would it need to self-destruct because it's not like anybody can i don't know uh extract the information that it's learned I bet you there's like a hard drive on there or something. I'm glad okay. you said that, Dave, because that also <laughs> leads into my notes. So you're you're right. Here, well, that's the thing. And here's this is a weird thing. About, you actually made this note better. This note actually made me mad that I typed this out. But now I'm happy you said that because because <laughs> uh, what happened with the cold atmosphere affecting the droid, the, 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 the cold atmosphere affected the self-destruct system to an extent. It did self-destruct. It activated, but it's supposed to virtually d- disintegrate it. I, I mean, not not completely, but to the point of absolute irreparability. There's supposed to be nothing you can gather from this. It blew up, but there were some pieces you could actually pick up and take with you. And Han and Chewie gathered as much as they could and took it back to the base just to kind of analyze what was happening. Souvenirs. Yes, yeah, yeah. sure. Well, technicians, <laughs> along with the help of of a historian, this is a real title, a historian named Warren Naal, they pieced together some of the memory circuits and they were able to scan them. Now, I'm thinking, as I'm writing this, my next note is going to be, oh, well, they found out where this was transmitting to. They knew that the empire was nearby and they started their evacuation early before the ground assault. I thought this is going to be useful. The next note is that they took all the details they gathered from this these memory chips and this historian this Voron Al helped incorporate that information into his reports on the history of the rebellion during this period i was like did i just fucking write that <laughs> i remember that name from uh other shows yes yeah it has come up before yep yeah and at that point, that is it for this particular Viper droid and what we know about it. And I didn't really dig much deeper. This is all from Legends, of course, or take it for what it's worth. Not everyone enjoys that we're focusing on Legends. There wasn't much more in... Um, there wasn't any more in canon. And I didn't dig down into all the different probe droids. Not that for saving them for other characters because i'm not sure how different they're going to be from this this is the one i wanted to know about so that's where i stopped and i did my little bit of behind the scenes work and this was interesting and this is the name this i wish tim was here because he would know this but dave you probably know this as well this what they ended up building this prop this this droid off of was a concept art piece done by Mobius. I didn't know Mobius ever did any designs for Star Wars. I thought this was like a Ralph McQuarrie thing. There was one of the trading cards in the Empire Strikes Back set 
was a Ralph McQuarrie painting of this probe droid. And it was, I and they said something, and I wish I copied or at least wrote the exact notes. It said something about it being named the Mobius droid in that piece because they did mention. Oh, that. really? Yes. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't. Know. We're we're all we're all coming at this from the same angle. I feel like anything cool that was created with some of these concepts was because Ralph McQuarrie came Ralph, up with yeah. it, but other people deserve credit if they did it too. Yeah. I just, I've known Mobius's work through comics for decades. I never knew he had anything to do with star Wars. So I dug into that a little bit and apparently he did a ton for the prequels. This was all news to me, which is surprising after 10 years of deep dives into the weirdest shit in star Wars that we have done. I'm still learning things like this. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, Tim. Cool, I'm sure Tim knew, and he could probably rattle off seven things he's done. Um, but that's yeah. yeah. If anybody, if everyone's gonna know, it'd be Tim. But yep. it, that is that is a cool thing to learn. Yeah, yep. And apparently, I've only ever seen THX one one three eight once in my life, and that was enough. Um, apparently, there's there's a radio transmission at one point, or a radio like a, 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 a they're listening to the radio, and it's I've made. I guess it's like futuristic music or maybe it's some kind of transcendental shit to do with the story apparently there's a sound that is like 99 percent close to the, the droid sound that chris played in this uh the really? show yeah that's pretty cool now i want to watch it yeah right? seen it. just for that part yeah just just that part and then, then turn it off <laughs> i don't think i've ever watched that movie and i really don't have a, uh need to I mean, and, and even this cool little tidbit isn't going to make me watch it. But if if I saw a, a clip of it, that would be really that would be really cool, actually. Being so that means whoever does the sound effects for that that predates all of Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. And I could see Ben Burt pulling stuff like that out of uh, past Lucas work to include one because it, it actually sounds really cool for this particular droid, and two, it's kind of a nice nod to. A previous Lucas yeah. work too. It's like an Easter egg before people yeah. considered Easter go. eggs being a thing in yeah. movies. That's that's yeah, a good really. way to say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Smitty and I watched this once in college, and I don't think we even really paid attention to it. Like after the first twenty minutes, like yeah, uh, I've I've never had any interest in that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, we say we open the show saying it's an Empire Strikes Back, and that's true as far as on film. But holy fuck, is this thing in a ton it's of shit? It, every video game and then i noticed though it's in it says here the phantom menace do you remember it and it says it's in jedi i think is it in pieces maybe or parts oh maybe there's i would imagine there's parts of it maybe in jabba's dungeon droid dungeon or maybe Uh, junkyard there is that that the droid that darth maul sent off when he landed was also a probe droid. So I don't know if they're confusing, not confusing the two, if it's a cross reference. There's there's one. I don't think it's on here. I have the list here. I wasn't going to read it. I'm just looking at like highlights and you're right. It's games, a couple comics, a lot of mentions in books. Um, nothing apart out of that. That's really strong. Oh, it it, it does. It's in the uh, Lego games, which is kind of cute, but there is, there is one dismantled and in a, a, like a, a, not a, a net i guess there's a there's kind of like a droid corner almost like a like a wado's type junkyard in galaxy's edge at disney and there's there's one taken apart in pieces in a net 
bong on the wall, which is kind of cool because it's That's cool. Yeah, it's super recognizable. You know, I mean, this thing is pretty distinct looking, so that was that was pretty cool too. And was well, that and the sound? It really yep, gives it away. Yep, you know. Yep. And that is, that's it. That's all I got. But that is way more than I thought I would do. And I really enjoyed learning about this. That doesn't happen so much in these later years when we're like kind of scraping the sides and the bottom of the barrel for our content. But this one was really cool to do. I enjoyed this. Well, have, have you seen out in stores? They have those Lego heads of Star Wars guys, like Vader's head helmet and Stormtrooper's helmet. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a pro droid one, which I oh, got really? immediately. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I didn't even, it's like almost like 700 pieces or something. I, I didn't even start it yet, but I just bought it because I'm like, this is going to be awesome to fucking build. So I have, I have that waiting for me. I used time. to have, I had the two uh, Hoth play sets. One was like the Rebels and one was the Empire. And you had a version of this. It wasn't near as detailed um, as it would be today if they made it. And it was on this little peg that you like pulled down. And then let go, and it sprung it up, so it would like shoot it up in the air and make it fall on the ground like it got shot with uh, Han and Chewie on the playset. That's, yeah, that's awesome. It was the one that was kind of like there was a little fort, and there was like a there was a blank spot with like that peg that you said, yeah. and it was it when when it would sit, you, you had to like rest it on there. It yeah. had like a little almost like cross that you had to set it on there, and it would sit, but the legs would dangle. Like it did in the movie. The legs weren't stiff. They would kind of like, they were kind of like, I don't know, like sway a little like they would in the movie. And uh, it was, it was, well, it was like everything Kenner did. It was perfect. You know, it was I, like, it was spot on to exactly what it looked like in the movie. I'm looking at the picture now and I said it wasn't as detailed as it would be today. I kind of take that back. It's pretty detailed for a Kenner figure. In the yeah. in the early eighties, it actually does look a lot like it more than I remembered. Well, I know a year or two ago, the the Black Series figures put out uh, Pro Droid one. Yeah, it's huge. Oh, it's sure fucking awesome, awesome as hell. Do you have it? Yeah, I got that. And there's also a uh, I think it was a Hallmark ornament. I think it was an exclusive or like a some kind of Comic Con or something. Oh God! Wow. Of the Pro Droid, and it's solid metal. So when you oh, hang it on your tree. Oh. Yeah, tree right. falls over. <laughs> yeah. God, it's so awesome as fuck. When you're hanging on your tree, Christmas is over. Yes, <sighs> yes. That's the last thing. You know how some people hide hide the pickle? I hide the fucking probe droid. The whole thing falls <laughs> over. We even speaking of Christmas, we've even featured the probe droid. Well, I say we, it's, it's Tim. Tim even featured the probe droid in his uh one of his Christmas songs one year. He did the whole Marilyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to bend it. Yeah, so we all love this thing, apparently. I think everybody can do an impression the probe droid. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's the first. As soon as as soon as you said you were doing this, the first thing I thought of was Sound. the toy. Yeah. And yeah. that's pretty oh, much okay. what I go back to anyway. I go back to because I had I was spoiled yep. and I had the toys. So when I think about anything that has to do with the original three movies, I think about the toys and I used to, I used to set that. I didn't necessarily even play with my toys. I would just set up the, I would, it was like, I was doing a diorama. Like I would set up, I would set up the scene like with, I would, I would take a long, I would take a half an hour. Like this guy's going to go here. And like, I would set it up and then I would look at it and I'd be like, I'm going to put it away. 
You know, like, it was, <laughs> I never played with this stuff. I would just set up scenes and that thing was perfect. Yeah. I remember the head, the, the top part, there was, it was almost like it was in half. The circular round part used to pop off. Oh, yeah, really? I remember that. Oh, yeah. wow. I don't remember that. Like, I believe like you. Like it blew up or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I used to like, I used to take it off and put it on and take it off and put it on. You know, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I was an only child. I had nothing to do. So. <laughs> it was fun. It was like, that was the best thing ever, that thing. And because it's when we were little, when that is happening in that movie, we're we're invested like this thing is going to tell the bad guys where the good guys are. So we hated that thing, but it was cool. <laughs> um, I, I remember watching a lot of like that. What is that original star? It's Empire Strikes Back. It's a, it was like FSX, FFX or something like that. It was the original documentary. Oh, wait, what? back in the day about the behind the scenes kind there of There was stuff. a from Star Wars the Jedi special that was on I had the videotape for it at one point too. Yeah, with Lucas standing in front of all of his toys. Yeah, yeah. 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 This thing was on I remember it was on Prism or oh, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the day it was called The Empire Strikes Back SFX. Oh, okay. Let me like look that. it's got to be on YouTube at this point. And it was just how they did all that stuff and most of it was miniatures. I mean, the, the ones that they used in the movie that were animated, like in that Harry or that Ray Harryhausen kind of way, yeah. were probably not much bigger than the toy that we had. But then they built one that was big, but it was only from the head up. So oh when my you see God, it. God, I think I remember this. Yeah. So when you see it moving, it was on a track. And it was just a simple shot from like left to right. It didn't have legs. It was just it was just the top. So when you see wow. that thing moving, it's like, oh, that's the that's the full size one, but it wasn't complete. And when you see it moving when it's the whole thing, it probably wasn't that much bigger than the Kenner toy. Right. Like the like the Tauntauns were when they would, you know, did the claymation almost like to have them run and stuff. It was that <laughs> size. I found and I don't, it's, it's on uh, it? YouTube. 48 minutes. I'm going to watch this. The, the SFX oh, thing? Yep, yep. And it's exactly it. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. SSPFX, whatever the hell that means. I found it by typing SFX. So, okay. Anyone else should be able to find it too. It's really cool. I remember, um, I mean, and this, I remember when the Empire Strikes Back came on cable. And we've talked about this a lot on all our shows that we had Prism. It was the Philadelphia version <laughs> yeah. of HBO. Yeah. And that was on. And I remember recording that on a tape. And I feel like I watched that more than I watched Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch it a lot. And I don't even care about shit like that. But when I was little, I wanted to know everything. Right. Like, yes. Uh, more any even a peak of Star Wars footage that I didn't see in the movie is like was like finding a fucking hunk of gold in your backyard. It's like I've never yeah. seen this before and this is from the yeah. movie. This was good. I remember watching it a lot. And there's stuff oh, about the appropriate on there. I am watching I'm I'm skimming through this. This is bringing back so many memories. It, it's it's showing the thing of where they were copying the movement of the of a live elephant for the adats. I yeah. fucking totally remember watching this. This is awesome. Yeah. 
I totally oh, yeah. forgot this yeah. existed. I'm going to watch this. this Come weekend. on, Disney Plus. Where the fuck's that at? Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, it's from like it's from like 1980. Yeah, right. Yep. So like it's probably it was out. released. So it was released before the movie was. Right, right, right. I remember that. I remember it being on and I mean, like I should, I almost felt like I shouldn't be watching. This. Right. <laughs> like I should, I shouldn't have access to this as a seven year old. See, it was not- like, it was like discovering porn as a seven year old. I don't want to sound like an old man, but I am an old man. So that's what I sound like naturally. Like this is, this is, <laughs> I miss, I miss this kind of thing where you got a little bit of something or this is a lot of bit actually. A year before the actual event, whereas now it's like it takes little to no effort to find out everything you want to know before the actual thing starts. You know, I kind of and with the internet, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and now spoilers and, and shit. And I'll tell you with, with the whole Halloween Horror Nights thing, which we're in the midst of right now, and and having a, a the a fairly big podcast for it, it's whether I want to know or not, I. For since 2015, I found out what is going to be at the event months before it's announced, and that has actually taken a little bit of the overall joy of the season away from me, which kind of sucks. Right. But oh, I gotta stop watching this. Sorry, I'm Frank Oz is now looking at the helping the mechanics of the Yoda head. Okay, I need to. I am <laughs> saving this. I'm watching this this weekend. <laughs> It's really good. So it's on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. fairly I mean, decent quality considering how old it is. People our age will remember this being on and people younger than us might be seeing it for the first time. Yep. So I guess go to YouTube. Yeah. Because I, I would like to see that too. I used to watch it. It was one of the first things I think I ever remember recording yeah. on our VCR. The first movie I ever recorded was The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> first movie I ever recorded was Caddyshack. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. <laughs> and then I watched that. I watched that recording of Caddyshack a hundred times because I thought that was a funny. It is a funny movie. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was the funniest movie ever. And then when home video became a thing and I rented it, I went, whoa, where did all these scenes come from? <laughs> so you taped it on TV. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You didn't get to see Lacey on nope, rolls. No, nope. that, that, that was a that was a nice surprise back in the day. I was born to love you. <laughs> I was born to lick your, your face. face. <laughs> born to rub you, but you were born to rub born me to first. Rub me first. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the big red song. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, this what is cool. Oh, Poor Chevy. Chevy. Yeah. Poor Chevy. He had every opportunity Poor to. Uh, not be a dick. Oh, Chevy. Oh, Billy, 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 Billy. That's a poor, poor Ted Knight. I got sick and taken from us too soon. Although it probably was 70 when he died. I may have said this before and I'll say it again. The funniest person in Caddyshack is not Rodney Dangerfield, Bill Murray, or Chevy Chase. It is Ted Knight. Ted Knight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ted Knight's the funniest person in Chicken Caddyshack. And I just watched it the other day again. Oh, it's 62. Still- younger than I thought. It's that it's that that curse of having jet black hair when you're young. It goes gray when you're 25. So it's yeah, like Steve Martin. I've yeah. always thought he's been older than he is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, that was an excellent episode, man. Thank you. 
After all that, do you got any feedback? I do. Um, since this is longer, I had two sets of feedback. Uh, I'll save okay. what I was going to do for a, a later show, and I will. Uh, I'll I'll do this one because we heard from an old friend we have not heard from from a long time, and it is an explanation why. And I will wait till the end to reveal it, who it is. And this was actually a comment on our uh, website, which is uh, I will t- I will say, admittedly, our our. Um, Website is more of a utility to uh, make the feeds for the podcast to go out to the rest of the internet. So when someone comments on our on our, our website, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And he says, hey, guys, after a period of not listening to podcasts at all and needing to limit my exposure to Star Wars discourse, I finally picked up the podcast. P- the podcast back up recently. I spent the last few weeks catching up, and I forgot how much I enjoy your show. Your blend of... Your blend of two of my favorite things, Star Wars and Wiener jokes, never fails to make me laugh. It also <laughs> reminds me of conversations I have with my other friends. The effortless chemistry between the hosts and the diverse range of Star Wars opinions has kept the show fresh after all these years, with the latter being particularly refreshing within the fandom. I'm going into my final year of film school, and I know that the laughter you deliver will help me through some challenging months ahead of me. I hope to see those of you going to celebration next year in Anaheim after I'm done classes. Here's to another 10 years. Keep up the good work. And as always, suck it, Tim. You're a favorite Pepsi, Jamie. And that is Jamie from Canada, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is the very first person on our very first obscure character face-off. Jamie with a B? Yes. Yep. Yep. We met him at uh, Celebration, right? Yes, we did. I believe so, yep. yeah. Yep. He, is he the guy that looks like Tom Mulally? Yes, that's Welling? him. Yep. yep. Okay. <laughs> I remember does. Jamie. He does, Dave. Shit. We saw, we, we kind of hung, we hung out, but we like, he was around. Like, I mean, I rem- he was on the, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, he's on the, he's on YouTube yep. on the show. Yep. And I remember running into him at our, not, at, not the second character face off, but the podcast show we did live there too. I remember seeing him in the crowd and, and, and the, really excited to see him. Like, Hey, Jamie he's like, Hey, and I go, how's Canada. I'm like, that's the dumbest fucking thing you could ask a person. How's the whole country. <laughs> how's the whole country. Yeah, exactly. He did add at the end. P.S. Just to keep things interesting. Matt, Dave and Chris can suck it harder and give Tim a break. P.P.S. Dave couldn't be more wrong about PB and J sandwiches. Jesus Murphy, how do you not use peanut butter as the base? <laughs> I love I it. I like them more. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what goes on in Canada, but this is the United <laughs> States of America. <laughs> so I've always, okay. yeah, that was, uh, that was cool. I, I didn't realize he wasn't listening. Um, it's hard to keep track of everyone we've met over these years, but it's certainly nice to see a familiar name and to get, thank you for the compliments. And I've always enjoyed interactions with him uh, since meeting him face to face. And he's always been pretty um, interactive online when he wasn't taking a break. And that was, that was nice. He also was, uh, I believe he was a trailer pod boys listener as well. And if I know we've talked, trailer park boys when we first met so that was cool i was, was nice seeing it after this especially with the whole kind of winding down our 10th year to see a name that we met very very early on during the show yeah still recognize yep. yeah yep and chris could have had him sign his smallville poster man somebody save me <laughs> or your or your cheaper by the dozen poster how about that that or how about draft day Oh god! Oh, is he in that? Yeah, and I think I was like so excited. He's like in it for maybe like three minutes or something. It's the only Costner movie I've never seen. 
Oh. That's on a long, like list of a, a long list of costume movies I've never seen. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting. Let's see. I saw JFK, then nothing. Then I saw Hidden Figures, and now I'm back on nothing. Is <sighs> you not a Yellowstone fan, Matt? Oh, uh, no. In fact, I changed the channel during a commercial. <laughs> during during bar rescue yeah, when the yeah, yeah that is where they are yep <laughs> damn <laughs> well Dave is it time it's time for a little bit of a tidbit of another show a tittle we do on news as a t- <laughs> tick versus a spoon <laughs> uh, what's the news as motto <laughs> Yeah. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Don't yeah, hold your yeah. Breath. Jukebox so, episode uh, four. <laughs> <laughs> we do another show on Niazes called A Proper Education. It's our trivia show. It uh, hopefully is a lot of fun where the guests play and you can play along with them. It's concoctions of my own mind based on pop culture, um, movies, TV, music, that kind of stuff. And. Uh, we're going to give you a little taste right now. So hopefully if you like this, you can go over to neozaz.com and download a couple episodes for free of your proper education. A proper education, excuse me. So I asked these at the uh, brewery where I used to do trivia. And you guys, I'm, I'm saving this for you guys because I feel like you guys know me, right? We're sure. good friends. Yeah. What do you mean? Sure. That doesn't sound like it. Like that's you, a, that's you mean a, That's a positive affirmation sure yes i know you like i know the back of my hand oh okay well that's way different when the fuck did i cut my hand (laughs) what the fuck happened to my hand (laughs) my finger's missing (laughs) all right so um generally on the show it's like i said a lot of general kind of entertainment knowledge this one is called Dave's Desert Island Top Ten. Oh god. Sorry, I just saw Chris's picture. That is the best podcast preview picture you've posted yet. <laughs> What'd you do? No, I just took I looked over here and saw a vintage Lil Gray action figure. <laughs> so he's hiding behind the mic. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Where, where's my suitcase? I know it's not the character, <laughs> but I should, I should get my Ognat. You know what? I should do that. That's going to be my my little Ricky is now Ognat. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And you There's can him have... in his suitcase missing everywhere. <laughs> so uh, this is what I'm considering the 10 greatest shows in television history. Oh, my God. And a question about each of them. So we'll see what you know so, about these shows, what you know about This me. is by your... Um, what you consider the 10 best shows. Yeah. I only yeah. asked that because when you said that, it made me think of, God, if you guys remember this, God bless you, the throw mama from the Jane train character that wanted to write the coffee table book that was like 10 women that I would bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what it made me think of for some bizarre reason. <laughs> he goes on through the people and Billy Crystal is just like, I have an enormous headache in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> and then late, later in there, he, with Billy Crystal is with some woman. He's like, hey, what was your name again? And he's like, no, no. <laughs> I love that movie. I haven't seen that since it was in theaters. Yeah, it's been a long time. Well, I got questions. These are all about TV shows. 
my favorite TV show. So uh, hopefully there's some of yours as well. These might be a little bit of a deep dive, depending on how much you know the show. If you don't know the show at all, well, fuck all. So, <laughs> man, wow, this is what a kind very, of host is this very judgy yeah. trivia. That's right. I never heard Trebek say "fuck off," but you know, just on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Matt, you're gonna go first. Okay. All right. Your first question, the category is Seinfeld. I've seen it. Okay. Greatest show ever made. Don't even argue with me. Okay. Chris, do you have an argument? No. I have nothing at all about Seinfeld. No Stargate Universe, but okay. (laughs) SG1. No, SG1's actually good. Universe is trash. That's why I made the joke. (laughs) I didn't even know. What, there's two Stargate shows? There's three. There's Stargate SG1, which is good. Stargate... Atlantis, which is okay, and then Universe, which was fucking trash. It should have been good, but it was it was trash. Those are not on my list. The SG one should be. I mean, it's Richard Anderson, Dean Anderson, for God's sake. MacGyver, yeah, that's not helping. Oh, those are fighting words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see who wins this episode. The Pro Bro Droid episode. Guess who made MacGyver burgers? MacGyver. That's from Simpsons. He was on. Anyway. I don't think Simpsons is on my list either, but Simpsons. whatever. Oh, my God. That's hanging up. Simpsons, Simpsons is fine. What is it, like six episodes of Yellowstone and then four of Lost? What the fuck is this list? <laughs> Question one, your category is Seinfeld. Okay, that's right. I forgot already. In season three, Kramer landed a small role in a Woody Allen movie being filmed on his and Jerry's block. Is fired from the film because he injures the director on the set, but he never gets to say his line, which is what? These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> oh, Matt is in the lead. Chris, are you ready? I'm ready. Your category is lost. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so vindicated right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing these in order, so yeah, you are vindicated. <laughs> All of the passengers we get to know on Oceanic Flight 815 are in Australia heading to Los Angeles for one reason or another. Why is Dr. Jack Shepard in Australia? Isn't um isn't he his dad died and isn't he getting the body or move or taking the body or flying through the body? Isn't his dad's body involved? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He is returning his dad's body, who has died. Correct. De- nice job. All right. I'm surprised you remember that. That yeah. That's that's one of the reasons. That, yeah, I watch the show. You're yeah. one of the you're one of the people like you watch a lot of shows, but I feel like when you're done with the show, you like expunge it from your mind. <laughs> you're that's 99 percent correct. Yes. All right. Matt. I- yes. Your question is the office. Okay. This is tough. Okay, I don't know how well you know The Office. This is two points. Over the course of his time at Dunder Mifflin, Michael Scott has had many personas, including Prison Mike, Caleb Crawdad, and Michael Blank, the star of his own action movie entitled What? Shit. I remember this episode, but I don't... Steel pops into my head, so that's as good a guess as any. Steel. That's a good guess. That is not correct. Uh, Do you remember okay. the name of his movie that he writes? No. 
All right, Chris, do you know either of these? I never saw. I never watched The Office, dude. All right, hate, he's Mike. Hate me all you want. I know. I, I don't hate you. I love you. <laughs> he's Michael Scarn. Ah. Uh. And the movie is called Threat Level Midnight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tonight we kill, tomorrow we die. That's a Troy <laughs> McClure movie <laughs> from our Simpsons. Simpsons not on the list. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> it's crazy. Should be three times on the list. Chris, on the list three times, better said. Yeah. Chris, it's your turn. The category is Scrubs. Never seen an episode. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> What did J.D. do that ignited his feud with the janitor, causing him to torment J.D. over the entire run of the show? All right, so let me let me think this through. He pissed off the janitor, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, early on. And, okay, who, can I ask you, who was the character? Like who? I mean, the actor or whatever. Who, J.D.? Yeah, who, who's that? That's Zach Braff. All How right, are you so going to get this if you don't know who J.D. is? I have no idea. Zach Braff pissed off the janitor, so he made a mess somewhere. So the janitor has to clean it up, is what I'm guessing. Okay. Is am I am I wrong? You're wrong. Okay, go ahead. Matt, do you know what did JD do that ignited the feud with the janitor that lasted the run of the show? I don't know, but I think one of the like things about the janitor was he's like super well educated. So I'm going to make go with that and say he insulted his alma mater or something like I'll just go with that I like the the guesses from both of you <laughs> they're not right oh, yeah. <laughs> JD puts a penny in the sliding door which causes a malfunction he puts a penny in the door yeah that was my second in, guess and and what sliding door? Like what? What door? Like when you walk into a hospital, like the you know the motion sensor slides open. Oh. JD puts a penny in the door so it doesn't work. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> no, no. That, that, so he walks into funny. the door. Is that why he gets pissed off? No, it's because the janitor had to fix. Oh. oh the, okay. the 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 my door. my version's better. Okay. <laughs> you like you like Ted Lasso. Don't mess with Bill Lawrence. Okay. What? Bill Lawrence. He made Scrubs. He made Ted Lasso. Well, why are you assault, insulting Ted Lasso over this? What what happened? I'm not. I'm saying if you like Ted Lasso, you have to like Scrubs. If you like Star Wars, you have to love everything. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. All right. Uh, whose turn is it? Matt, it's your turn, mm-hmm. right? Your question comes from Monty Python's Flying Circus. Finish this lyric to the Lumberjack song. I cut down trees. I wear high heels, suspenders, and a bra. I wish I'd been a girly just like my dear Papa. That is correct. Well (laughs) done. Thank you. All right. Matt's in the lead. Chris. Yes. Your category, late night talk shows. I give your I watch a lot of that shit. Well, I couldn't narrow it down to Conan or Letterman. So, like, this is what I did. I heard Fallon wasn't on that list. Oh, God, no. <laughs> if I saw him in traffic, I'd run him down. <laughs> For two points, yes. name the talk show host that brought us these characters. Triumph the insult comic dog. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and you said that... That's not Conan, you said? I'm just saying... You said it couldn't I narrow it down to one. I didn't narrow it down. So yeah. what's your answer? For that, Conan. That is correct. Okay. And Larry Bud Melman. 
Uh, Letterman? That is correct. All right. Well done. Matt, I don't know if you ever watched this show, but you should. Parks and Recreation is I, I want to. I've not seen any of it. It's Christy and I are, keep talking about doing a watch of it. We haven't. Well, you should. Andy no, Dwyer's band. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Andy Dwyer, which is, uh, you know, what's his name? Star-Lord. What's his name? Chris Pratt. Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Andy Dwyer's band went through several names, including Scarecrow Boat and Punch Face Champions, before settling <laughs> on what as their name? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Barbara saw in my cup. <laughs> Chris. Do you Never know saw an episode. Never, Never saw an episode? Oh, my God. Yeah. There's people that are really angry with you that are listening. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll that, be honest. We started the show off Pol- that way. That's any Polish show, right? Parks and Rec? Yeah. I watched the premiere, and I thought it was horrible. You so can't I judge gave by the premiere. I, I, I agree with you. Yes, you're absolutely right. Because you're right. <laughs> All right. Well, the answer's Mouse Rat. Oh. Okay. That's, That's good. funny. Chris, you're lucky. <laughs> Moonlighting. <laughs> Moonlighting would have been like question 11 if I was doing more than 10. Okay. But uh, your category is Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, my God. Wow. She's in bed. Damn it. Screwed. <laughs> he knows this. Which member of the gang from West Beverly Hill, but with from best West Beverly High, almost didn't graduate because they got caught drinking at senior prom? Oh, my God. Thank God she's not down here. Oh, boy. Who, who got caught drinking and didn't graduate? Almost didn't graduate because they got caught drinking at senior prom. Donna. I think I remember like, let Donna graduate kind of shit. I think it's Donna Martin. Toy spelling. Donna Martin graduates. Donna Martin yes. graduates. Yes, you're right. It was Donna Martin. I can go to bed in the, in the same bed with her. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Yes. Your category is Cheers. Oh, okay. I got a fair shot at this. What are the final get three words? No, I'm serious. No, I want you to get out of here. <laughs> That's the best character. <laughs> what are the final three words of dialogue spoken on the show during the series finale on May 20th, 1993? <laughs> Sorry, we're closed. Did you cry when he said that? No. What's the way you have no soul? No, I don't believe I do. <laughs> I think Matt would cry now. If you watch that, like now, I would. Oh God, yeah, yeah I would. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've gotten. I, I've turned into such a, I don't know what, such a um, what's the word? I'm like an, an empathetic person in my last ten years. It's it's been crazy. Well, you of course are correct. Sorry, we're closed. The final three words spoken on Cheers. I may cry now. <laughs> Chris, your turn. Your yes. category. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Take, take it, Matt. <laughs> what is the name of the drink made by Charlie and Mac that is marketed as the first alcoholic dairy-based protein drink for bodyguards by bodyguards? Semen. Oh, God. <laughs> Matt? Oh, I don't know this. Actually, I don't even know. I don't know what you're referencing. So, um, no guess. No, I'm, I'm trying to think of a name like the the game where they combine all their names, but I can't think of anything clever. So I'll just I'll 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 forfeit this one. I don't know. Made with 
crow's eggs, milk, and alcohol. It is fight milk. I don't know that one. I gotta look that. I have to watch. I have to find that episode. I don't know this one. Fight milk for bodyguards by bodyguards. All right, and we'll go on to this one, Chris. Yeah, Alf. <laughs> type Saturday Night Live. Ooh, okay. Which original cast member was the very first person to utter the iconic show starter live from New York? It's Saturday Night. Chevy. Final answer? Final answer. In the very first episode, Chevy Chase is the first person to say live from New York, it's Saturday Night. They should. Which means, Chris... You win the nice. Pro Droid episode five to three. Well done. They show that, pro, pro. They show that clip of Chevy saying that like every Saturday Night Live retrospective special, like every yeah. single one. They always show that. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it in a bad way. Well, that was just a very small taste of uh, your proper education, which is another show on News As. We just recorded a couple new episodes, which will be coming out shortly and uh before those come out like i said we have a backlog of episodes it's all pop culture stuff so if you're looking for some time to kill we're your time killers that's right if you have time to waste we can help you kill that time just stab in the heart and twist it nobody can waste time like (laughs) us that's true that's true i'm gonna put that as the the was it the subtitle of the website right now (laughs) <laughs> nice job chris you win yeah thank good you game. the best that was fun i like that the one best around way better than the All first right. fucking episode of proper education we recorded tonight oh. hey, that was it was All a right. i mean it was horrible hawaii I, i'll do <laughs> i will do better i no, will try it was like it was not your fault it was the content's fault which you well wrote, i hope you so enjoy it because <laughs> Well, sure. That's all right. I'll take it on the chin. That's what I do generally, you know, with the fellas. That's my party name. (laughs) So I hope you enjoy a proper, your proper education on Neo's as, and, you know, we'll be, I hope we keep doing them. You know, this won't be another, you know, you know, good luck. Good luck listening to that show. No, it's fun. It is fun. Matt, thank you for probing Dave and I. It was oh, a blast. It was a, I, I had so much fun. Moon Take that whatever <laughs> yeah. whatever point of the episode you want. Apply it. Get the whole fist up there, Doc. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will see you next time when Chevy Chase a character. <laughs> First episode. Nothing in common. Second episode. Or nothing but trouble. <laughs> nothing but trouble. Oh, Second man. episode, modern problems. Then cops and Robertsons. <laughs> and then we got we got Funny Farm out there. Funny Farm is good. What are you talking about? I'm not crazy. You're all crazy. I'm a goddamn good looking man. <laughs> we have Invisible Man. What was that one called? Oh, God. Memoirs, Memoirs of Invisible, Invisible Man. man. <laughs> that one. John Carpenter's finest moment. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Star Wars in Character. Star Wars in Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars in Character is not affiliated with 
nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. Star Wars and all Star Wars universe characters, places, or Star Wars-related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.swic.neozaz.com for the latest Star Wars in character episodes and information. 